Greetings, Dallas. This is Ryan Trimble coming to you live from the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, along with my outstanding co-host, Sean Williams, uh, here in the heart of our great city, Dallas, Texas. Sean. R. Trimble, what is up? Good day to you, sir. It is a great day. We've got a great show for everybody today. Another Here, exciting show. That's right. Here on Deconstructing Dallas. Wanted to first thank everybody for listening. Uh, Mom, you keep it up. Uh, I know Sean's mom's been listening, too. Every download counts. Every live listen counts. Please tell your friends about Deconstructing Dallas. That's right. Well, I don't want to waste any time today, Sean. I know our our witty banter is uh, entertaining to some, but wanted to jump right in today, uh, mainly because we had a really cool opportunity fall into our laps this week. Uh, second, uh, my ponies, the injury bug has really bitten my ponies, and uh, they're kind of in a tailspin right now on and the basketball so, so court. So we can focus on our issues. So Just let's not talk about that, yeah. but let's talk instead about a really cool opportunity that, man, Sean, I did not have a big enough appreciation for what's going on in the world of cinema. Uh, that is the opening weekend of the movie Black Panther. Well, you know, being a film guy like I am, yes, I have been anticipating this movie. I was looking at my old blog, which I have not updated much lately, but I, I first blogged about the Black Panther movie about two years ago. And so there was some excitement around it. I remember there was a hashtag, Black Panther So Lit, and people were already talking about what they would wear to the premiere, but it has now become a cultural phenomenon and the anticipation we are at the time of this recording a couple of days out from the actual um, date of the opening weekend but people like yourself have already seen the movie uh, and then people like myself are still at a frenzied fevered pitch for the movie. That's right. And and I had made you a promise off air to not give away any spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers on this podcast. But uh, Sean, we had a really cool opportunity. Thanks to our outstanding client, Walmart. You've heard us talk about uh, our, our Walmart client and all the great things they do here in Dallas. Um, this was really cool, Sean. Walmart chose Dallas as one of the five cities that they were going to do an advanced screening of Black Panther. They were giving away 250 tickets to this screening on Tuesday night before the, I guess, Thursday midnight, yeah. Friday morning mm-hmm. uh, launch of the, the, the official opening weekend of the film. It was amazing, Sean. We were at a Walmart Monday morning handing out 250 tickets, and it was... Hashtag so lit. And you know, it's one of the cool things about working for Alamedia is 
these types of opportunities. But I know you called me on Friday night, mm-hmm. I believe it was, yes, to, to let me know about this opportunity. And we were able to share it with some of our partners, some um, local organizations who Walmart had identified to be a part of this screening to make sure those students and those ended up being students from UNT Dallas, Paul Quinn College, Dallas County Promise to make sure that those students were part of this initial screening. Walmart realized how important this was and wanted to make sure that they were involved. That's right, Sean. And uh, today's uh, today's episode, we are going to sit down with Paul Quinn College President Michael Sorrell and deconstruct what the Black Panther movie means and what this opportunity meant for not only his Paul Quinn College community, the Quinnites, the mighty Quinnites, but for the city of Dallas. So, Speaking of sitting down, I was looking at the, um, the, the Twitter and I the saw Twitter, that yes. President Michael Sorrell was actually sitting on a throne at Walmart. <laughs> so I guess that was part of the promotion. That's right. We had a great setup at Walmart. Uh, the, the throne of Wakanda, as seen in the movie, was set up at our great store on Retail Road, Northwest Highway and Skillman uh, Avenue here in Dallas. And thanks to those great associates and the management team there at the store, Tara Barnes, Sergio Floyd, the great greeter there, um, those folks did a, did an outstanding job managing uh, managing the crowd and, and uh, making sure that everybody had a great experience and got to take pictures uh, sitting on the throne. Well, I've, I've been excited for a while, and I, I can tell you when my excitement really took off. Like I I remember the teaser that came out and that was exciting. But when the second trailer came out, the first full trailer, really, that's when I I really kicked it into high gear. The world's going to start over. I'm going to burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. So when I saw that trailer, I really thought that we had something special on our hands. I thought that this could be maybe not quite to the level that we're seeing now, but I did think after after the visuals of that trailer that this could be something special. You're darn right, Sean. It is something special, uh, something that I did not have an appropriate appreciation for, and that is just how significant this movie is, not only in the Marvel comic universe, but more importantly, African-American community. Um, it was amazing. I was not only on the ground uh, helping out the folks from Walmart at the store on Monday while we were handing out these tickets, but also at the screening of the movie last night. And th- and I know on even at the, at the event on Monday, you saw people who were already coming who had dressed up just to come get the tickets. And, and dressed to the nines. And I'm not talking about just kids or, you know, people wearing the, the fan comic T-shirts. 60- and 70-year-old African-American couples in full African clothing. Uh, one, one woman had this amazing jaguar stone necklace. I mean, this... This is a cultural phenomenon, and I think it's something that everybody listening to this podcast needs to have an appreciation for, especially here in the city of Dallas, because this this is important stuff, Sean. This is what we need to be focusing on, and that is moving forward, 
to the future, moving past our our problems around, along racial lines here in the city of Dallas and in our nation. I think what what should happen and what can happen is and what should have, I think happened when you went to see the movie is you can appreciate a movie about an African a fictional African nation. You can appreciate a movie that is based where ninety five percent of the characters don't look like you my co-host Ryan Trimble, <laughs> but you can still appreciate the art. You can still have a good time. And, you know, from an African-American perspective, from an African-American film per, uh, watcher perspective, yes. you know, that is the case in many of the films I watch. It doesn't mean that I can't appreciate them just because um, I, I'm not represented on the screen, but you can rep, you can appreciate it in a different way. And I think when people hear, oh, I want to see someone on screen who looks like me, there are some people who take that as a negative, but it doesn't have to be a negative. That's right. When I was at the store and then again at the screening last night, I interviewed a few folks and I think some of these interviews really get at the heart of what I'm trying to say. Let's roll tape on one of those interviews, Sean. I just want to thank Walmart. I just want to thank all of whoever came up with this amazing idea to allow us to be able to come and see the Black Panther movie. Um, like, I brought two of the greatest little kids that I mentor and care so they can be able to experience this, be able to see that melanin popping on the screen. They can look in the mirror and say, oh my God, I can actually do that. I can actually be great. So I just thank you guys for this opportunity to be able to allow us to see it first in a private showing here in this amazing movie theater. You guys went above and beyond, so I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That young lady was so great, Sean. She was a mentor. She brought two of her mentees with her. And, man, you could just feel the excitement of these folks getting to see this movie and getting to see somebody who looked like them on the screen as a hero, as a successful leader of a country, a business person, you name it. And this cuts across all age groups. I know I have a group of friends I'm going with on Thursday night, and we're all getting costumes made, and I bought an outfit from somewhere, and it's just all kinds of clothing involved. Like, that is a big part, like making sure that you look the part when you show up, but then getting the family involved, you know, from the youngest to the oldest generations. Also on Friday night, I'll be doing that. So, you know, this is cross-cultural, it's multi-generational, and it at the end of the day, you know, I saw a tweet from a lady and everybody's having fun on Twitter. But there was a lady who said, you know, I'm not going. It was a white female on Twitter who said, I'm not going to go to the to the movie this weekend on opening weekend because I don't want to suck the life out of the experience people are having. That is crazy talk. Like everybody should be going, running, buying tickets to go see this because yeah. it is cross-cultural. It is rooted in an African Afrocentric experience and I've learned the term Afrofuturistic experience. Impressive. But it is for everyone, and so everyone should be uh, should should feel welcome and should want to go see a great movie. Just like if it was Batman, or if it was sure. Iron Man, or or if it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right, my favorites. But you know, I'll tell you what. At Walmart the other day, we definitely had um, you know, Hispanic folks, Hispanic kiddos, uh, Anglo folks. I mean, people are fired up at this movie. So. 
Yeah, we're excited. We're so glad that we are obviously excited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if our listeners could tell, but this is really a great episode. We're uh, excited to bring this to you. And um, again, thank you to our great client, Walmart. And excited to to be on the campus of Paul Quinn College, where we'll have an opportunity to talk to President Michael Sorrell, who, as always, has a unique perspective on everything. So uh, I'm excited about our conversation with him. Well, let's get right into that when we come back from the break, Sean. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Thanks for tuning in. Dallas, and we want to talk a little bit more about the Black Panther movie that is coming out on Thursday night, early screening. Friday is the official launch weekend. Right now, we want to have a conversation with someone who has not seen it yet. Ryan is the only one that has seen it that's going to be sitting here, but it is the president of Paul Quinn College. He is the nation builder. He is the leader of the Quinnite Nation. It is President Michael Sorrell. Thank you for being with us, sir. No, thank you all for the opportunity. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So I wanted to start out because, you know, Walmart identified Paul Quinn. They identify you as an important part of the community that should see this film first. And it was a Tuesday night screening. And I know some of your students have already gone. Yeah. You've talked to them. What does it mean to you to have your students have this opportunity? Well, you know, first of all, we just want to thank Walmart. Um, there were a lot of people they could have selected and to be top of mind in a way that allowed us to participate. We're just incredibly grateful. You know, for us, um, we are an historically black college and our students have an immense amount of pride in their culture. And, you know, the Black Panther, now they may not fully appreciate the history. Like, you know, none of them saw the Fantastic Four issue where the Black Panther was introduced, you know, but they all know Wakanda, right? And they all know the market and they they understand what this is about. And it's just um, the impact. Uh, My wife saw it, you know, she made, she was the first lady who was able to make use of the tickets. And she came back and she just said the cultural importance of the film, the way that it resonated with the students and staff that were able to see it is going to create a change in them that is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it was a really exciting night. And you were there a couple of days ago on Monday when we uh, we were handing out the yeah. tickets at the Walmart, <clears throat> our local Walmart stores. Uh, Dallas was one of the five cities that was identified by Walmart as a city where they were going to do this screening. What does it mean from your perspective? What does it mean that Walmart chose the city of Dallas to show this movie early to you know students, uh, local customers? What does it mean for Dallas? What, what were the other cities? Uh, Kansas City, Memphis, Denver, I think. So there were a host yeah. of different cities, but Dallas was definitely on the list. That um, it speaks to the cultural currency that Dallas has, right? It speaks to the conversation that I think they wanted to prompt in the city. Uh, and it's also a validation of the work 
that people are starting to, or have, been, you know, I mean, you know, I've talked about this right. for years. People have been doing, but the amount of work that goes into creating a tipping point occurrence is extraordinary. And you would not, you know, my friends in Chicago, in New York, in San Francisco, they like Dallas, they get Dallas, but, you know, they think it's still not a place that we see those types of opportunities. You know, they cite the Hamilton Clause, right? They're like, well, did you get Hamilton? <laughs> right? like, the Hamilton not Clause, yet. that's a new not one. Yet. Right? Not, not yet. Right, not yet. <laughs> <Stay tuned. laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's coming, right? Um, but it, it means a lot. We're a city that is grappling with lots of issues that would never occur in Wakanda, right? Um, but we're a city that needs to have access to these moments. And, uh, you know, the city needs to be very pleased that Walmart invested that way in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, it signals that Dallas is a place that this change can happen. And we have a physical barrier with this river that separates our city. No, it's horrible. And so, you know, we have this built-in divide that that I have learned so much about, you know, working in the course of my career. And it is, it, it, we have this physical divide, yet I think that with opportunities like this, we have the opportunity to really move past this. And I think that's, not to give a spoiler alert, I think that is something that's exciting about the Black Panther movie itself, yeah. is that there is a, a future beyond this. So yeah. No, I think, I think that's right. I mean, um, there are lots of people, so... In a former part of my career, former life, right, I worked in the White House and I worked with the President's Initiative on Race. And we spent, you know. Which administration was it? Clinton administration. Okay. It was not this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Clinton administration. And um, we spent a little over a year traveling the country, really listening to people's views on race in America. And this was, you know, 1997, 98, you know. And. The the thing that was interesting about it was part of the reason that there are these divisions is because no one invests in really doing the groundwork to heal the fracture, right? It's almost as if people want to pretend these things didn't exist. You know, for example, in Texas, we have changed, or not we, but people have changed the history books so that slavery isn't viewed as a cause of the civil rights war or that it was a jobs program, right? I mean, we're a work college, right? I recognize the jobs program. (laughs) Slavery was not a jobs program. And people don't want to talk about that. People don't want to take ownership of the fact that, you know, there's this amazing book called Without Sanctuary that actually sits on my conference table Mm -hmm. where there are pictures from postcards of lynchings, right? So people go to church and then they go lynch. They have picnics. Take a, yeah, lynch. take a sack lunch. Take a sack lunch to the lynching. The term picnic is short for pick a nigga lynch, right? Like that's where those things came from. And people don't want to have those conversations. And you can't heal if you don't give people the opportunity to express their pain. And so, you know, you, you come forward and Dallas is a city where for too long, what happened on the southern part of the city, on the other side of the river, people didn't want to acknowledge that pain. They didn't want to acknowledge how horrible life was in the city because the northern part of it was so starkly different. And there are, I mean, I've been present here for 11 years. In 11 years, I've watched, I mean, we were a food desert up until last year. Okay. So, 
you know, they always like to draw the contrast between SMU and Paul Quinn and the neighborhoods surrounding, right? So if you slice them into quadrants, SMU's quadrant was the, was it Mrs. Baird's bread place was there, SMU, you cross over, you've got Mockingbird Station, then you've got a cool hotel and some other stuff. <laughs> Paul Quinn's quadrant is the college, cross over the highway, you've got a garbage dump. You go a little further on the other quadrant, you have a prison. And then another part of quadrant, you have communities surrounded by, you know, uh, truck stops and things like that. Right? Now, that's what a vast majority of black people who have lived in this city have experienced. Communities like these. You show up to Black Panther and you see Wakanda, Right. You see Wakanda created by people like you. You see scientific excellence. You see financial resources. And you see people that look like you. Now, yeah, it's a comic book, right? But damn, it's a great story. Right. Right. And it's inspirational and it's motivational. And those images matter, right? My son, I tell people this story all the time. He, in our house, we have black art, right? It's black art. We have um, Latino, Latin art, right, from our travels to Latin America. And and that's pretty much it. In college penance, right? I'm a college president, so you would sure. expect, you know, on the wall. And sayings and things like that. So in my daughter's room, she has art that shows black girls, right? In my son's room, I bought him pictures from the Memphis sanitation strike that say, I am a man. And so if you come to my son and you say to him, you know, you're a great young boy, you're a great little boy, whatever, he's like, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. <laughs> right? 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 Like and that and his, and my wife was traumatized by this, okay? <laughs> She's like, Why is my baby rebelling? And she said, and I saw, I said, Honey, we hung those pictures on the wall. He sees them every day. Right? I tell that because they're going to be young children, young black and white t- teenagers or whoever sees it. That's going to be their I am a man moment, right? Wakanda will be their I am a man moment. And you can't place a price on that. We are talking to President Michael Sorrell, the leader of the Quinai Nation. I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back, ask a couple more questions about the movie that Ryan has promised not to spoil for us and uh, and the movie that we're going to check out here pretty soon. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Deconstructing Dallas. 